A very good afternoon, everyone. For those of you who are here for the first time, this might be a first-time experience for you, but I want you to know that this is a place and we are a community of people who are in love with God. We love God with all of our hearts. We've been lost. We were, we were people who were lost, who were broken, who were going astray. But God, in His grace and mercy, touched our lives, transformed our lives. We know that our lives will never, we know that our lives will never be what it was before because God promises hope in the future. And because of that, we are in love with this almighty God. And so we welcome you into our community. If you are here for the first time, we welcome you into our community. And we pray that God would pour out every blessing over you. Thank you for coming and, and, and joining us today. Thank you so much. And we want you to know that we are people who are very family-oriented. You may be here for the first time, but welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. You might have come back after a while. Welcome to the family. You know, we're going to stand with you, support you, be there for you, encourage you, pray for you, and help you along your journey with God. Amen. This is what Hope DXB is all about. A church for you and for the city. And what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks is, this being the first month of the year, uh, I mean, we're already towards the end. One more week and we're, we're done with this month. But I'm, I'm really happy the way it's been going so far. I mean, the faster the month goes, the faster we come to Christmas. <laughs> it seems like Christmas was just yesterday. But uh, what we've been doing this month is, uh, we've been focusing on our vision. You know, where's, where's our values? The first week we touched on encounter. And Hope DXB, or Hope DXB is a place where we want every person to be able to come over here and encounter the presence of God, the love of God more than anything else. That is central to our belief. Obviously, it is the Word of God. We stand on the Word of God. The Word of God is our foundation for everything. But we want this place to be a place where you can come and experience God's presence. That's what I touched on in the first week. Last week, I spoke on embrace. Our vision is encounter, embrace, empower, and express. Last week, I spoke on embrace, and I said that this is a place for anyone. Irrespective of who you are, where you've come from, what do you do, how you land in Dubai, this is a place for everyone. And everyone, and everyone can walk into this place knowing that they'll be loved not only by God, but they'll be loved by each and every person in this community. And today, I'm going to talk about empower. You know, the Bible says in Luke 12, verse 48, to whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. And uh, there's not a person sitting over here who doesn't have a gift. There's not a person sitting over here who doesn't have a gift. If you have a doubt, you're confused, you're trying to figure out what your gift is, come and speak to us. Come and speak to me. And we'll help you identify what that gift is. But there's not a person, there's not a person in this place right now who's sitting over here without a gift. Because God has deposited something special within each and every one of you. And if we acknowledge that, if we acknowledge and we understand to whom much is given, much is required, the worst is self-explanatory. The, the self 
You know, too much is given. Understanding that we've been given a gift by God, but the gift is not just for us. It's for the benefit of others. I want you to know, I want each and every one of us in this place to know that we are all called to empower people. We are all called to not only make disciples and to pour into disciples, we are called to be leaders. We are called to make leaders. Every person sitting in this place has a leadership quality. Every person sitting in this place has a leadership quality. We are all called to be leaders. We're all called to make disciples. We're all called to raise leaders. Leaders make disciples. Disciples make leaders. Leaders make disciples. Disciples make leaders. Throughout our journey over here on the earth, we will never, if it's God, tell him I said hi. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. <laughs> Listen, it's okay. I'll be in another place where I have had my phone on, on loud mode and it's very embarrassing. I don't want you to be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. It's fine. Been there, done that. But we are a place, we are a church. You know, knowing that Dubai is a transient place, knowing that, you know, we're not, I mean, some people are here for a season, some people are here for a really, 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 really long time. You know, but in everything, we are called to empower people. And we as a church, we as a church, we at Hope DXB, want to be that church that will, that will be able to empower you, pour into your life, help you become the leader that God wants you to be, so that when you move out from this place, where you go, when you go elsewhere, you will be able to lead other people and make disciples wherever you are. You know, my message today is titled, Empowered to Empower. Empowered to empower. We are all called to empower people. We are all called to make a difference in people's lives. We are all called to pour into. I want you to realize and I want you to know one thing. You were put on this earth to make a contribution. You were put on this earth to make a contribution. You weren't created just to consume resources, design, uh, uh, not, 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 you're, not, you're not just put on this place to consume resources, to eat, to breathe, and to take up space. God designed you, you and me, to make a difference with our life. God designed us to make a difference with our life. We may not really realize it, but we are actually God's brilliance on display wherever we go. We may not realize it, but people are constantly looking at us wherever we go. We may not realize it, but people constantly want to draw out from us wherever we go. A lot of times when they get to know that we are a Christian and when we are followers of God, they want to draw out from us. God designed each and every one of us to make a difference with our life. You know, this is one of God's purposes for your life. This is one of God's purposes for your life. And it's called your ministry or your service. It's called your ministry or your service. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, 10b is the second part of the 10th verse. This is what it says. God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. 
God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. These good works are your service to the world. These good works are your service to the world. Whenever you serve others in any way, you are actually serving God and fulfilling one of your purposes. You were placed on this, assign you were placed on this planet for a special assignment. Each and every one of us was placed on this planet, was placed on the earth for a special assignment. You know, the, the Apostle John thought that, he thought each and every one of us that our loving service to others shows that we have been truly saved. He said, our love for each other proves that we have gone from death to life. We have gone from death to life. What I'm doing is, I'm just giving you, you know, I've divided my message in two parts. The first part is I just want to explain to you what, what it is to serve, what it is to, to understand what your ministry is, what it is to, to understand that irrespective of who you are, where you are from, what you do, we are called to serve. And the second part I'm going to talk about what we are called to do as leaders. What we're called to do as people who are called to make disciples who, who, who eventually become leaders. And so in this verse, 1 John 3.14, it says, Our love for each other proves that we have gone from death to life. If I have no love for others, if I have no love for others, no desire to serve others, and I'm only concerned about my own needs, I should question whether Christ is really in my life. Because when Jesus came to the earth, he, was, he, didn't, he wasn't focused, he, not even for a moment did he focus on his needs. He came to serve and reach out and meet other people's needs. And if we say that I'm not called to serve, we really need to question if Christ is really in our lives. Because a saved heart is one that wants to serve. A saved heart is one that wants to serve. If God in his grace and mercy used someone to reach out to you and to see your life transformed, we need to do the same for others. If someone could go out of his way or her way to serve you and me included, we need to go out of our way to do the same for others. You know, another term for serving God, one that is misunderstood by most people, is the word ministry. You know, and often when you ask people who work in the church, I mean, often the question is asked to people who, who are called by God, who work for the church, uh, are you in full-time ministry? Are you in full-time ministry? I mean, I never knew that there was part-time ministry. You know, I never knew there was anything called part-time ministry. I want to say this. When most people hear, you know, when most people hear the word ministry, they only think of pastors, priests, professional clergy, 
But God says that every person of his family, every person in his family is a minister. I want you to know that all of us are in full-time ministry. All of us are in full-time ministry. Hello? It's not only the pastor. It's not only the associate pastor. It's not only the priest. We are all in full-time ministry. It's not like you tap into the church. I mean, we don't have the fingerprint scanner out to tell you what time you came in, whether you came in on a Sunday. It's not like you tap in and you put on church lifestyle as soon as you walk in. And when you walk out through the week, you remove church lifestyle and you're a different person. No. You are a minister throughout the week, wherever you go, whatever you do. You at your workplace, you being at your workplace is your ministry. Is your ministry. Imagine if God called everyone to be pastors. Imagine if God called everyone in this place to be pastors. Our schools would be empty. Our offices would be empty. There wouldn't be any businessmen. There wouldn't be any, any other, okay, there, there wouldn't be any other skill because everyone is inside the church. But God has given each and every person a gift, a specific gift. And through that gift, you're able to minister. If you're in the events industry, I want you to, I want you to know this. First of all, your life is pretty eventful. <laughs> Thank God for that. But I want you to know this. I want you to know this, that what you're doing is not just conducting an event or working towards an event. You're using what God has given you, your creative ability and your gift to make that work to the best of your ability. Because what's coming out in front of you is not really coming from you, it's coming from what God has put on the inside of you. That is your ministry. That is you doing it well and you giving your best. If you are an, if you are an accountant, that's your ministry. People are relying on you in that company to keep the account secure, to keep the sheets in place. You are not a nobody. You are a minister of God wherever you go, and you're a carrier of his presence. You're a carrier of his presence. None of us are in part-time ministry. We are all full-time ministers of God wherever we go. You know, in the Bible, the words servant and minister are synonyms, as are service and ministry. If you are a Christian, you are a minister. And when you're serving, you are actually ministering. God has a ministry for you in his church and a mission for you in the world. God has a ministry for you in, God has a ministry for you in the church and mission for you in the world. You know, and serving is the opposite inclination. It, so serving is the opposite of our natural inclination. Most of the time we're interested in serve us, serve my needs. We say I'm looking for a church that meets my needs and blesses me. Many a times we don't say I'm looking for a place 
where I can serve and be a blessing. We expect others to serve us, not the other way around. But as we mature in Christ, the focus of our life, of our lives, should increasingly shift to living a life of service. The mature follower of Jesus stops asking who's going to meet my need or needs and starts asking whose need can I meet? Whose need can I meet? Have you ever asked that question? You know, at the end of your life on earth, you'll stand before God and he's going to evaluate how well you served others with your life. Think about the implications of that. One day God will compare how much time and energy we spent on ourselves compared with what we were invested in serving others, compared with what we invested in serving others. At that point, all our excuses for self-centeredness will sound hollow. I was too busy. You know, I had to focus on my goals. Those were really important. Or I was preoccupied with work. I was, I was, I was preoccupied with working, with having fun or preparing for retirement. To all, to all your responses, to all your excuses, God will answer, sorry, wrong answer. Wrong answer. I created, saved, and called you and commanded you to live a life of service. What part did you not understand? What part did you not understand? Let me say this. Abraham was whole. Jacob was, Jacob was insecure. Leah was unattractive, sorry. Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered. Gideon was poor. Samson was codependent. Rahab was immoral. David had an affair and all kinds of family problems. Elijah was suicidal. Jeremiah was depressed. Jonah was reluctant. Naomi was a widow. John the Baptist was eccentric to say the least. Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered. Martha worried a lot. The Samaritan woman had several failed marriages. Zacchaeus was unpopular. Thomas had doubts. Paul had poor health. And Timothy was timid. That is quite a, that is quite a variety of misfits. But God used each and every one of them in his service. God used each and every one of them in his service. He will use you too if you stop making excuses. He will use you too. He wants to use you if we will stop making excuses. You know, I don't really know how many of you saw the, the, the Bone series, the Jason Bone series, Bone Identity and all of that. But in the Jason Bone series, the assassins, who are the central characters, are referred to by the controlling agency merely as assets. They are tools, okay? Or better, they are weapons. They are weapons. That's what they refer to as, weapons. Sometimes I fear that within Christian ministry, we fall into the terrible habit of treating people as assets instruments to help us get the ministry done. We treat people as assets. 
instruments to help us get the ministry done rather than people with souls. You know, one of the, one of the values I remind myself often is that people are not a means for getting ministry done. People are not a, people are not a means for getting the ministry done. People are the ministry. People are the ministry. And those who volunteer are not placed in our path to make us successful, but so that we can help them grow and help them to move forward. We're not looking for volunteers to make the ministry look good, to get work done. But I want to say this. We want to be involved in the lives of our volunteers to help them grow and become the best that God wants them to be. If you are a volunteer in this church, first of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you. If you are a volunteer in this church, I want to thank you for your sacrifice. I want to thank you for coming in time and again and doing what you do. I want to thank you for making it a priority. I want you to know that you are not a nobody in this church, but we value you and love you more than you know. And it is our responsibility, and I'm saying this, I'm saying this with God as my witness. We want to help, we want to journey with you, we want to help build you up to become the best that God wants you to be. Because you may be a volunteer today, tomorrow you may be a leader, tomorrow, not May, you may be a volunteer today, but tomorrow you're going to be a leader. You're going to be a leader in this church, and you're probably going to be speaking from this place to touch and transform more lives than you've ever seen. You may be a volunteer today, but you're called to be a leader. Even in, your volunteer, even in, in you volunteering, I want you to know that you're leading by example. You are leading by example. And what I want to do is I want to share just five truths with you very quickly. Five truths. Understanding that we are people who are called to empower people. I want to share five truths with you about how we can empower people to change the world. The first is ministry is about relationships, not results. Ministry is about relationships, not results. If we think like much of the surrounding corporate world, then we see goals and figures without seeing people. I'm all for looking at, listen, listen, let me say this. I'm all for looking at numbers and celebrating numbers. You know, I'm all for looking, I'm, 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 I'm all for that. Looking at numbers, celebrating and evaluate, but never for the purpose of determining who is and isn't useful for the kingdom. Never for the purpose of determining who is and isn't fit or useful for the kingdom. It isn't about what a volunteer or a staff member can produce in the way for, it isn't about what a, a volunteer or a staff member can produce in the way of results for us. It's about what kind of growth we can help to produce in that leader. It's about what kind of growth we can help to produce in that leader. Growing leaders typically have growing ministries, 
But numerical success, numerical success is a byproduct of healthy relationships. Let me say that again. Growing leaders have growing ministries. But numerical success is the byproduct of healthy relationships. The second thing is people are souls with or without roles. People are souls with or without roles. If we ever leave someone in a role because of their talent while their personal life is falling apart, we failed. We have failed. As leaders and shepherds, it is our calling to create healing and health deep within the souls of people. So when people walk into our room, our first question shouldn't be, are you ready to get the work done? Are you ready to, are you ready to put up the speaker? Are you ready to set up the sound? Are you ready to do a sound check? No. It should rather be something like, how's life going? How's your soul doing? How was your week? Did you have a great week? Is there something that I can pray for? No, 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 but we need to get the job done. We need to get the job done. Listen, listen, all of this can wait. My concern is you more than the work. My concern is the person more than what needs to get done. How are you doing? How are you doing? You know, Jesus modeled people empowerment perfectly. Jesus modeled people empowerment perfectly. He wept over people, he prayed over people, and eventually he died for people. We all know that. He gave up his time and his comfort to serve others. He accepted the rejection, criticism, abandonment that he would receive from his people. He even knew full, I mean, he, he, knew, he knew it before, before it even happened. He knew what was coming. He knew that all of this was coming, but nothing stopped him from serving people. Nothing stopped him from, from, nothing stopped him from serving people and finishing the work that he came for. Nothing stopped, nothing stopped him from doing what he came to do. And then at the end of his earthly story, he released people to go change everything with the gospel. If you want to know how to empower people, start by looking at Jesus. If you want to think and try to figure out how to empower people, start by looking at Jesus. We need to understand that, you know, the right way to do it, the right process to do it is disciples, first being a disciple, being humble enough to be a disciple, and then going on to the journey to become a leader. Let me say this, Peter was a, fisher, Peter was a fisherman first before becoming a fisher of men. Jesus knew that the gift that he gave him, Jesus knew that what he gave him, what he put inside of him, with what he put inside of him, he was able to fulfill the call and the purpose of his life. He was a good fisherman. And then Jesus said, now I will make you a fisher of men. We all have to go to the process of learning till we can come to the place of leading other people. We need to be the example first and then lead by example. Let me say this, you know, when I, when, when I was in my first year of Bible college, I mean, it was brilliant. Now, at the end of the first year of Bible college, you're requested, you're, you are, uh, you are, you are uh, required to go to a place 
any place of your choice and do ministry for 45 days. You can go anywhere. I chose to go back to my home church. And when I went back to my home church, you know, it's first, first year Bible college kid, theology, bachelor of theology, first year Bible college kid, going back to his church and going back to a place where a lot of people don't have a degree in theology. I, I, I literally thought I was walking above. You know, I was walking on clouds. I literally thought I was a couple of feet elevated above my pastor. And so I was like, as soon as I went back, as soon as I went back uh, uh, to my, my home church and do ministry over there, I was like, these people are going to hear a word from God like they've never heard in their life. These people are going to hear me speak from the pulpit, and they are going to change. If, if they were saved, they're going to get saved again. Okay, if they were following Jesus, they're going to follow Jesus all the more. And I'm like, they're going to hear something they've never heard. I'm going to, I, and I just, I just started building these castles in my head. I'm like, I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to speak at the home groups, at the hangouts. You know, I'm going to transform lives. People are going to look to me as, oh man, this guy's just come from Bible college. He knows what he's saying. He knows what he's speaking. And I was super excited. The first day, I was looking forward to the first day at the church office. And I was looking forward to receiving my assignment. You're going to be preaching at next week's service. You're going to be speaking at this home group, this home group, this home group. And I walked in. You know, I walked in with all the pride, entered the church office. And uh, I told my pastor, I'm like, just tell me what I need to do for the week. And he was like, uh, you know, we, we've got a whole bunch of church equipment. We've got the drum kit. We've got all the mics. We had like massive church equipment. We've got the drum kit. We've got the mics. We've got the mic stands. We've got the snake. For those of you who know what a snake is, it's this really long thing. Uh, with, it's this really long cable wrapped around. I don't know how else you can describe it. It's, it's disgustingly long. Okay? And so he was like, we've got all of this equipment. They haven't been cleaned for a while. So the entire week, you need to clean all of this equipment. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Uh, I'm come from Bible college. I need to preach. I need to preach. I need to teach. I need to get people saved. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll see to that. We'll see to that later. But for now, do all of this. And I literally had to sit and shine every mic stand. Some of the mics were stinking. I had to make sure I had to clean every mic, clean the entire drum kit, clean the snake, clean everything that was part of the church equipment. I did that for a week and a half, two weeks. After that, he said, you did well. Now let's go and start at the home group. And I'm going to give you five minutes to speak. Listen. There's a discipleship process that we all have to go through. You may think it's painful for a while, but it's for your good. You may think it's painful for a while, because if you don't learn the hard way, when you become a leader, you will not be able to speak into someone else's life who's going through the hard way. We all need to go through that process. Everybody matters, and every life has dignity. Everybody matters and every life has dignity. Every life. To use anyone for what they can produce or to reject someone because we have doubt they can produce is to insult the one who created all people with inherent, with inherent dignity. Moses even learned this lesson 
when he questioned his own ability to be a persuasive speaker, God responded simply, who made your mouth? I'm asking you to go and do something. I'm telling you to go and speak to my people. You're standing in front of me and saying, I stutter. Who made your mouth? If I said, if I, if I said to do something, be rest assured that I will accomplish it through you. We may be, we may be not, you know, we may have a gift and we may doubt ourselves, but if the gift, if the gift exists, you need to be, an, you need to, you need to, if, if the gift exists, you need to know that it's not you put the gift over there, God put the gift over there. Don't doubt yourself. As long as the gift is there, you just need to say, God, I am available and God will move through you and use that gift to touch other people. You know, in the business world, we select the most qualified. But in the kingdom, everyone gets to participate. In the kingdom, everyone gets to participate. And the last point, I'm a people too. I am a part of you. Just because I'm standing over there, it doesn't mean I've stopped learning. I need to grow. I need to develop my leadership skills. I am a part of you. We are all in this together. We are all called to empower people together. You know, some, of, some amazing mentors and friends and teachers have poured into my life. I've received so much from this, from this community as well, expecting nothing in return. Someone is waiting for me to pay it forward. Someone is waiting for me to pay it forward. It's the way this idea of ministry is, is the way this idea of ministry is supposed to work. We're not called to use people, we're called to empower them. We are called to empower them. As a church, how do we want to empower? What are some of the steps that we want to take to empower you? We want to do anything and everything that we can in our ability to help you grow in your walk with God and become that leader that God wants you to be so that you'll be able to lead and train and transform other lives. How we want to do that as a church? We've got a couple of things coming up. We've got a couple of courses coming up which you can be a part of. We, we encourage you to be a part of so that you can learn and train others. We've got Money Matters happening. It's a course on finances, and this course is starting on the 21st of Feb. It runs to the 14th of March, and you can get additional information on our website. This course will help you become that good steward that God desires for you to be. We've got Breaking Free happening. This is a course just for women. Yes, ooh. Just for women. You know, this course is starting on the 2nd of Feb, and you can find details for, for this course as well on our website. We want to train you, we want to build you, not just for you to take in, but as you take in, you realize that God's put something on the inside of you, now it's time for me to go out and give it. We are all called to empower people wherever we go. Money matters and, and breaking free, the, you know, every other, all the other details can be found on our website. But I want to say this, church, is, is not complete without you. Church is not complete without you. Now for all those of you who clapped, great, this is what we need. For all of you who clapped. 
church is not complete without you. We need people to join our team. Not to become, not to become the best church in the city, but to become the best at what God's put on the inside to be able to transform lives in the city. We need people on our connect team. We need people who are creative. We need people for our kids' ministry, for production, for worship. If you've got what it takes, get on our website and sign up, and we want to help you along the journey. Join a team. We've got Hangouts starting this week. For those of you who are not part of our Hangout, listen, you know, many people think, oh my God, it's another thing I have to be part of in the week. No, 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 listen. A Hangout is a very fun place to be at. How many of you don't like visiting family members? <laughs> I saw one hand at the back. I'm not going to mention who it is. All of us love. And if you believe that God's called you to be in this community, to be a family, to be part of this family, this is a small part of the big family wherein we invite our friends, we invite other people to come and see what God's doing. If God has transformed my life, I want you to come and experience it. It's a place where we're going to have fun, we're going to have food, we're going to have fellowship. Yeah. And we're going to grow in God. If you haven't been part of a hangout, I want to encourage you. I'm part of a hangout every week. So I'm not saying something that I'm not doing. My wife and I, we are, part of our, we, we are going to be part of a hangout every week. Every week. Because I draw from people's lives. I draw. You know, many a times, it's, it's, it's people in this congregation who encourage me when I need it the most. I need it. So if you haven't signed up, sign up for a hangout starting on the 25th of this month. And trust me, I'm not just saying it for the sake of saying it. It is absolutely amazing. We've seen lives transform like crazy in Hangouts. And last but not the least, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. Oh my goodness, I was going to say. Anyways, all of us stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. You know, I want you to know that you are a carrier, not only of God's presence, but you're a carrier of something great that God's put on the inside of you to empower and transform people's lives wherever you go. We're going to have a prayer team at the back after our service, but sign up for all of these things. Sign up for all of these things and uh, help us to help you. Father, we just want to thank you for all that you've been doing in our lives throughout this month. I pray, Father God, that we would have, we would have a realization that what we carry is not something small, but what we carry is life-changing. What we carry is something so great that's more than able to not only change an environment, but to transform to transform an organization, to transform the world, to transform the world. We are called to be world changers. So Lord, I just pray that through this week as well, you would use us to empower people, to encourage people, to, to, to support people, to be there alongside people, pouring into them what you've poured into us. And I just pray, Father God, that we all will have a phenomenal week. I pray, Father God, that uh, you would just pour out so much more of your love, breakthrough, victory, whatever it is that we're looking for, pour it all out. And we're believing you for a week filled with victory in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God bless you all. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you next Sunday.